So when we were at Ohio State, you know, and as I would admit, that was probably the most intimidating stadium I've ever been at, at uh, college or NFL. Uh, Terrell Pryor, he was scrambling. He came, he dropped back for the pass, stepped up, and then he took off up the middle and he went to our defensive right. And I was running to go run him down and he tried to stiff arm me. So I knocked the stiff arm down and grabbed him by the top of the shoulder pads and I was going to swing him. And uh, Pink, Josh Pinkard, was going to go hit him. But since I was kind of throwing uh, Terrell Pryor, Josh missed and Josh hit uh, the right side of my right knee. And I felt like a weird kind of you know, not a not a pop, but you definitely felt like a stretch in the knee joint. It felt loose? It felt, it just felt like it bent the wrong way. Like it bent inside. And uh, anyway, I threw Terrell to the ground and then I kind of rolled over and fell on the ground. And I got up and I was kind of checking my knee, checking my knee and trying to put weight on it. And... They lined back up for the next play. We lined up. It was a run play. Thank God it was a run play to the other <laughs> side because when I, I remember when I watched it on film, I kind of just fell to the ground. And the toughest part about it was that was the second game of the season for us at Ohio State. And everything, like I was sitting on the ground of the uh, horseshoe, and, you know, 100 and. 10,000 people, and I'm just sitting there waiting for Russ and uh, uh, Dr. Taboni and uh, Coach Carroll came out, and I'm sitting there, and like Josh was almost crying because he thought that he tore my ACL, and uh, I remember just sitting there thinking like, because a lot of people were saying, well, you know, why did you come back for your senior year? You don't, what if you come back and you get hurt? I remember my dad uh, took out a uh, insurance policy for the, you know, so all those things were kind of run through my mind in that 30 second period. So that led to the University of Washington. Obviously, I'm from Seattle and we had just come off beating Ohio State at Ohio State. So we were ranked pretty high. I don't think our team. I think you were number three. I think we were. Yeah. I don't think our team team was great, but we were still ranked very high and we went to UW which obviously I'm from Seattle uh, my dad played at the University of Washington my mom went to University of Washington uh, Coach Sark was head coach? coach Nick Holt yeah they, they were our guys I yeah. mean, they were you know so that kind of added to it and I remember being up there in uh, pregame and I had this knee brace on and our trainers and at Russ did everything possible you know to you know, provide me the best opportunity, one, to rehab my knee during the week and just to just to see how it went. I remember being out there in warm-ups and I was like, I, I don't think I can. It was one of the only times ever in my career where I didn't think I could play. Normally you can get yourself warmed up and get to a point where you kind of just push through it, but I couldn't plant and cut at full speed. It was like it was taking me if at full speed I could plant cut in two steps, it was taking me an extra one two to almost lower my weight and push out of breaks. So that was very tough. And the fact that we lost that football game made it even worse, obviously. And 
that whole experience, if, if that's the worst thing that's happened to me in, you know, my USC football career, I can live with that. Obviously, it's not, it's not ideal. Um, did it affect me my senior year? I, I don't know. I think it affected me during those six weeks during or seven weeks during the middle of that season. It made me realize just how precious one injury can be. Like it could, I could have just torn my ACL and then I wouldn't have gotten to play my senior year. Yeah. And it could happen that easily. Yeah. Football is fragile. Yeah. That's Taylor Mays. I am Adam Maya, and this is another edition of Troy Stories. <laughs> We are going to talk to Taylor about this past game, USC Fresno State. We uh, we both have a lot of thoughts on that one, but uh, our conversation began off air about JT Daniels, and you actually had a brief encounter with him on the sideline. Just tell me, you know, what you were able to relay to him and and what you observed as, as everything unfolded on Saturday night with him. Well, so when I was on the I was on the field for the game and. Saw so when JT came out after his injury and he was on the crutches and, um, you know, I think he kind of wanted to be left alone <clears throat> and kind of just observe and, <clears throat> you know, he's having to deal with, you know, uh, a season-ending injury, which is tough physically, but it's even worse emotionally for him. Did you know it was an ACL? Like watching it, so I didn't. Uh, it obviously it happened fast, and they weren't going to show the replay yeah. on the big screen. But uh, the people I was standing with were uh, getting texts about how they saw it on TV, and uh, Willie McGinnis was down there, and somebody had texted him talking about you know it didn't it didn't look good on the television, and so we kind of had an idea, and JT was down there, and I just kind of. I just wanted to give him some words of encouragement. I didn't want him to have to acknowledge whether or not he actually did, because I don't know him personally, yeah. not like that. So I didn't want him to have to really say anything, but I just kind of went over <clears throat> and got close to him and said, it's going to be tough. I know, it's, I know it is almost demoralizing in a sense because <clears throat> you put in all this time and just like that, it can be done. But at the same time, you got to have the same intensity and work ethic and attitude going into this rehab and treatment of your knee. And I didn't, I just said, whatever happens with your knee, yeah, because I wanted to act as if I didn't really know what was yeah. going on, even though I had an idea. Whatever goes on with your knee, make sure that you're doing everything you can, everything under your power to give yourself the best chance you have, one for your rehab of your knee, and two, just take care of your body, take care of yourself mentally, and attack it just like you would if you were still playing. Because those things, I've seen several guys who have had ACL knee injuries, and they really took care of their bodies, almost even before the ACL surgery. And that's something that I've heard a lot is if guys go in and they're strong and they're healthy and they really take care of the body, it can make a huge difference in the rehab of an ACL, and you see guys coming back from ACL injuries all the time. They come back and they're even stronger. 
So that's just something that I told him. And obviously, he it's a lot for him to take in because he's just kind of realizing that all this is hitting him at once. But I just wanted to tell him that it might be dark right now, but he'll just continue chipping away, chipping away, chipping away, and he'll be back on top because he looked pretty good at some points sure. in that first half. Yeah, and he I made mean, some... aside from the turnovers, which obviously yeah. they matter, but outside of the two plays, yeah. he was outstanding. Yeah, yeah, he he. There were some turnovers. There were some things that he didn't do well. Yeah. of course, but just on a level of. Uh, the potential that was there. Yeah. He made some big time throws. He made some good throws on third down. Yeah. And he made some throws outside the numbers, which I would say are NFL-esque type throws where you throw the ball to the receiver outside the numbers, long throws, their timing routes. You have to have a strong arm. You have to be accurate. And he made some of those throws. So yeah. he looked good. I mean, he. I, I can see now why – it was a no-brainer, obviously, for yeah. him to be a starting quarterback. Like, yeah. see the potential in him. Uh, so that is also even more frustrating part because sure. now it's almost like you got to break the game down into two different things: <laughs> the game with JT and now the game without JT. Yeah. And I want to at least acknowledge that he showed a lot of a ton of potential uh, in that first half when he was playing, so. I would take it a step further. The team that we saw in the first half, that offense really, I don't want to say it no longer exists, but I, I feel like they're restarting. They, they have a different quarterback who has a whole different type of experience and is going to have a different approach to things. And they didn't call the game at all in the no. second half like they did in the first. And because of the context, you, you lost your starter, you're playing a true freshman, they were winning the entire half, they were up by double digits for more than half of the second yeah. half, uh, so it makes sense to do what they did and to go run heavy, but because of that, that's not what they're going to do moving forward. They're not going to run two-thirds of the time. They're still going to be a pass-first team, yeah. but how much? With JT, it was shaping up to be maybe yeah. like 65%, yeah. where now I think it might be closer to like 50 percent. Yeah. That's a dramatic difference. Well, we had the lead also, like you said. So now it'll be different coming out this next week. Yeah. Getting the game, 0-0. Zero, zero. Yeah. You, you, can't, you can't call it like you're getting that happen. No, you can't. And they were playing not to lose, I felt like. Yeah, exactly. They were playing not to lose, and you have a – you put your quarterback in, you throw easy routes. Right. Short plays, get him comfortable throwing the ball. I uh, hope he finds his rhythm. We ran the ball pretty well, I would say. Mm-hmm. I mean, we yeah. the running backs looked Just great. Just a couple times when looked, they needed to, they yeah. didn't. But yeah. for, for the entire night, they, yeah. did, they ran well. Yeah, definitely. And uh, so it'll just be, it'll be interesting to see because when you play Stanford and you don't have that lead initially. Yeah. Unless Bayless returns the kickoff. <laughs> yeah. Well, but there, there and yeah. <laughs> and yeah. you have a penalty. Yeah. So, well, see, and, and it goes to, in talking about the penalties, which is funny, is that to have a penalty on the first play of the game yeah. is... What, what crossed your mind right there? Given everything that we talked about last week and about discipline and accountability, what crossed your mind when they re- returned the opening kickoff nearly the length of the field yeah. and then it's 
nullified by a penalty. Well, it's just, it's for, just, and for what it was, it wasn't even like no, a bad it block. Wasn't, no, it yeah. was yeah. two guys wearing the same number. Well, I would say, I, I, I don't, I personally, I don't think that is a, I don't think it's on the players. I think it's on the coaches because as a coach, you have to take control of certain things yeah. and say, this is acceptable and this is not acceptable. Right. And there is absolutely, I know we like, we're laughing about it and it is funny, but it is kind of BS that there was a penalty on the first play of the game. Yeah. And coaches, of the season. that shouldn't be acceptable. Right. It, I mean, it. there's absolutely no way that that should be acceptable. I have never, at least in the NFL, I've never seen something like that happen. Ever. I don't think the only penalties that are remotely acceptable would have been a play where it's a full speed block. Right, aggressive. Stuff like that, exactly. Yeah. And it's just as frustrating because I feel like it goes back to discipline and detail. And if you don't have discipline or detail as a football team, it's going to come back and bite you at some point. Yeah. And I think it came back and it showed up in our game against Fresno. I think it might show up against Stanford, and especially with the loss of JT, we can't afford to have any mental mistakes. Yeah, mental the errors. margin for error is small. No. Yeah, it, it, it's very small, and we, we can't afford to have any of those mistakes. So it'll, it, it is frustrating because you would like to say, well, let's take care of all the things that we have control of. We can get lined up. Uh, we know the snap count. We're mm-hmm. not going to jump off sides. Everyone's got their own number. Yeah, everybody <laughs> has their own jersey number. So those things, you because you can't beat a good, a great football team. Not that. Like you don't, you don't have to beat them more than you have to. Yeah. Right. It's like in baseball, you don't give a team an extra out. I think of it in those terms where yeah. USC essentially had to, they ran a 13-play drive yeah. because they had to go back and start over yeah. on that drive. That could have been a four-play drive. Yeah. yeah. And, and I know it resulted in a touchdown, but next time it might not. Well, next time it might not result in a touchdown. And when we've seen so many games at really any level come down to the last play of the game, come yeah. down to an inch, you never really know with football. Yeah. So you, you never know what time you're going to need. You know, you know you, you, what, what play yeah. you'll need, right? Yeah. What, the extra play, what have exactly. you. Exactly. Or if so. you need to, like, there might be 10 more seconds on the clock that yeah. might have allowed you to run one extra play. Mm-hmm. So the idea is you want to just do everything you can on the front end. in the moment. Exactly. Yeah. And then whatever happens, happens. But now we're looking back saying, well, I wish we wouldn't have did this. And if we, I thought, honestly, when we went up, I think we went up 17 to three, three, yeah. 17, to three. Yeah. I thought we were in a great place. Yeah. And then it, we seemed to take our foot off their neck and they came back. Yeah. And I think that was the mood on the sideline was, I heard some of the players saying, you know, we got this, this is, this is game is over. And I was a little confused because... What was that, the third quarter? This was in the third quarter. I was I was a little confused because... I mean, I understand from a... I understand what they're saying, like, we're going to dominate them. Yeah. And it could, be, it could be perceived as this game is over, like, we're going to take it to another level. Yeah. I didn't take it like that. I took it as if, like, that was... They the, felt like they had... Punishing blow. We just we just delivered, 
you know, the dagger to the heart. Right. And in reality, in football especially, the better you play, the harder you should have to go. Yeah. Meaning that the more focused you should become, it's almost like developing a killer instinct. The closer you get, the harder you run. And we were talking about this the other day. Yeah. Remember, when you go up big, you're more than likely going to get a final shot from the other team. Exactly. They're, they're desperate. They're urgent. Exactly. They're going to give their best shot. Exactly. They're going to call their best play. Yeah. They're going to do whatever they can to try to regain control. Yeah. And therefore, you cannot let up just because you've gone up 31 to 13 with a whole quarter to play. No. And that's something that, from my perspective, a coach needs to convey to his team. He needs to. Some of the guys were on the sidelines celebrating. I understand they were happy. Yeah. They're winning the game. But the coaches need to say, hey, you guys over there celebrating, we still got a quarter to play. You just went out there and made a mistake on the field. That's not acceptable. You see some of the greatest coaches in the pros and in college, they never smile on the field because it's never good enough. It's a constant effort to continue proving yourself. And that is what was frustrating. Well, let's let's celebrate after the game, once the game's over. Of yeah. course you want to enjoy yourself and enjoy the experience. But at the same time, not until the game's over. Because a ton of things can happen during a football game. And once you pull your foot off the throttle, it is very hard to put it back on. <laughs> you see in... Uh, I think we talked about this. You see in basketball a lot in the last two minutes, a basketball team that is down will start playing like with max effort. They're running, they're diving on balls, yeah. they're fouling, they're just playing with just unmatched enthusiasm. Yeah. And the only difference is, is they know the backs are against the wall. They only have two minutes left or a minute left, right. and they know that they have to run it up right now. The only difference is, is mental between the first three and a half quarters and then that last yeah. half. And the same thing with football. You see players in football, you see defenses, you see offenses. When they know they're down and they know that there's only a couple minutes left in the game, they turn it up. Yeah. And that's what I think can be one of the most dangerous things for us is we just thought that they were, I don't know, going to roll over because we're USC and they're Fresno State. Mm -hmm. I wasn't even excited that we beat them. We should beat Fresno State. Yeah. It's nothing against Fresno State, but they're Fresno State and we're USC. Well, even take away the name, just the the quality of that team right now, they were okay. They were right. Okay. I think they were well coached. They were. Uh, they were well prepared. Yes, they But were. they weren't very talented. Well, they played very hard. They did. They played very hard. Yeah, they brought it. They were, you could tell that it really meant something to them, this football game. Their quarterback, he he made a lot of plays. He played hard. He got hit. He kept getting back up. Yeah. And he kept trying to figure out ways to help his team. We didn't, I don't know if we matched their... We just were a better team than them. Right. I think USC got away with being, being a better, superior. a bigger, or a faster, or more athletic team. Yeah. But once you play some of these other teams who are equal to you athletically. Yeah. Or even just closer to you. 
Exactly. Right? It, I mean, there aren't probably many Pac-12 teams that are going to be equal athletically, mm-hmm. but a lot of them are going to be comparable. They're going to be close enough. They're going to be uh, closer than Franklin State was. Yes. And uh, that's where you're going to get in trouble. And that's where preparation and attitude and mindset and focus all come in. And preparation is probably, if you prepare during the week, a lot of times preparation gives you confidence. Yeah. And it gives you confidence when you step out onto the field. So what are those guys doing, like we spoke about, on the Sundays, on the Mondays? What is the standard? Are they... Are the guys almost, in a sense, scared to make a mistake or scared to get a penalty? Or do they not care? Is it not that big of a deal? Mm-hmm. Are they being admonished by the coaches for making penalties or not? I, I don't know. I don't know. I haven't seen enough of them at practice. I know that I, some of the coaches, they don't play that. And yeah. you, this is ridiculous. But... We we start in training camp. I'll, I'll yeah. say that, I and mean, we're no longer in practice yeah. in media. But I do recall even like John Houston basically got kicked out for yeah. an entire half of practice because of a penalty that he had committed. And Paragas was furious, and he loved John Houston, but he just threw him out. He's like, if you're if you're going to do that, and he didn't even share what, it, what exactly happened, but because of whatever he had done, he just pulled him out and, yeah. and let him think about that for the rest of for about an hour. Hey, I've seen. I've seen that happen. I've seen guys get uh, pulled out of practice for fumbling. Yeah. One time. It's got to be, there has to be. Poor CJ. Yeah. (laughs) CJ or uh, Stefan. You have to have harsh consequences. Otherwise, guys won't understand that it's just something that's not acceptable. Yeah. It's the same thing with um, uh, deep balls. There was a play. I'll give you an example. There was a play. Uh, my junior year. Okay. And this was, I was a junior, and this, I was already uh, one, uh, been All American. Yeah, was seven, you're All American, right? Yeah. And I think I was, uh, I was uh, a Thorpe finalist my junior year. So okay. I was already in, yeah. you know, and we were playing Arizona State, and then on one play, I got sucked up on a play action uh, run. Uh-huh. And they threw a deep over crossing route uh, coming from the open side of the field. And it was an incomplete pass. But I got sucked up, and then I tried to punch out, and Rudy Carpenter kind of threw it up, and it just ended up being it was a no play, a dead play. But Coach Seto, during the week, we had talked about this and talked about it. And I made a huge mistake by I just got too aggressive. And it didn't matter anything that had happened before, he took me out of the game. Yeah. He pulled me out of the game. I, t- I came out for a series. Yeah. And it wasn't like I was a true freshman. Or right. He, he, yeah. he pulled me out of the game. Yeah. And it was humbling. Sure. So he pulled me I'm out. I'm sure you were furious. I, yo, I, was, I was mad, but I, I didn't have anybody. At the end of the day, I didn't have anybody to be mad at except myself. Because yeah. I want to play based off. I want to be recognized for the player that I am. And I want to have as many responsibilities as possible. That was my responsibility. What did he tell you when he pulled you off? He was mad. Yeah. Yeah, he was mad. And he was up in the, bo- up in the okay. box. And I went to the sideline. I got on the phone. And <laughs> it was like, because we, we met a lot. We right. talked about a lot of stuff. Sure. And I knew out of this formation yeah. that that would come. But it looked like a run. So I thought yeah. it was a run. Yeah. And it wasn't. 
And it just is one of those things where it could have been catastrophic. I mean, it could have been, obviously, we still beat them. And, yeah, yeah. But in a different game. Yeah. It could have lost us the game. Right. It happens to DBs all the time. So he wants you to go right then and there. He wanted me to know. And he wasn't playing around game. about it. Yeah. Yeah. So he pulled me out of the game, and I think uh, Coach Carroll was like, "Okay, okay, okay." Like <laughs> he learned just like you know. <laughs> I can even back on it. It was more personal to Coach Seto because right. we meet about it, and yeah. met, you know, all the time during right. the week. Yeah. And. Those things stick out in your mind. You real it's just it's like we just said, it's the same thing with a running back fumbling. Mm-hmm. If you're a running back and you fumble, you should be scared for your life. You should be scared for your job. And if you don't have those kinds of uh standards for players, yeah. It it then that's you know, then then they don't really care about making a mistake. Now, I mean, I know the way you practice, but I'm curious. I'm sure that there were days where you maybe you weren't totally engaged. Did that ever happen to you in practice where because of the way that you were performing in a drill or a team period that you were pulled? No, uh, I don't think so. I, I'm sure I've made several mistakes at practice. Sure, but I just wonder in terms of like effort. Oh. I, I'm wondering, I mean, I'm assuming that if guys were not bringing it, they were yeah. getting pulled. You know, oh, not, yeah. not oh. looking right, but just oh, th- yeah, that was yeah. something that yeah. wasn't going to be tolerated. Definitely. If guys weren't uh, running to the football, uh-huh. running or yeah, running far enough to the football, if guys weren't being physical enough uh, at the line of scrimmage or yeah. in hitting the running back. But I would say more than anywhere else I've ever been, at that time in college... Guys, nobody wanted to be embarrassed in front of the team meeting room. Yeah. So we would come in and watch like a nine on seven the next day, and nobody wanted to be the guy that looked soft or looked slow or hmm. got shook. So it was I. In in my entire football career, the most anxiety that I have ever had for anything football related was college was USC's uh, 9-on-7 during training camp and even throughout the entire season. Okay, like, like it, Tell the I Truth mean, Monday? Just, well, yeah, just like, um, just, uh, uh, what is it, Turnover Tuesday or, uh-huh. no, no, I think no competition. Yeah, Competition it? Tuesday and, and Turnover, uh, turnover no, Wednesday, yeah. Tell the Truth Those Monday. Those two days. Yeah. The 9-on-7, uh-huh. because it just, the speed of it and... We would watch it as a team, and you always knew you, you never wanted to get, like, ran over by a running back. Yeah. Never wanted to get shook by a running back because you were going to see them from the whole team. And that was almost like it. that was where guys got respect or lost respect within <laughs> the team. Mm. And it's just important to create an environment like that because, you know, reporters, people in the media, they can say a lot of things about you. They can say you're great. They can say you're terrible. Right. It's a lot of it is the same people. Uh, but once you have the respect for your teammates and your coaches, yeah, that is that's that is the most important thing because right. those are the guys that are there with you every single day. Well, you guys know, yeah, and you, they know. You, you guys know what you're looking at and what you're talking about much better than yeah. we do. Yeah, I'm not ashamed to say that. No, 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 but but it's just because of we're there every day. Yeah, like a lot of times you'll see a play and you might see miscommunication between a safety and a corner, and you think. 
oh man, like that corner just got ran straight. You know, the receiver just ran right by him. Mm-hmm. But the corner might be playing cover two, and he's just supposed to sync with the receiver, just sync with him, and then the safety gets over the top. Didn't we see that in this game? Because on the touchdown uh, that went over the head of Chase Williams, oh, yeah, Chase. I saw Chris Steele actually look at Chase like, dude, that was yeah. you. Yeah. And it didn't look like he was like trying to um, like be blameless, yeah. but more like like this was not my area. That yeah, was this just... this was. Uh, it looked. It looked like he. So this goes back to being disciplined with the small things. DBs practice catching the ball at a high point, and they teach DBs play it like you're a center fielder. Center fielders turn, they run. They look over their shoulder, and then they go up and catch the ball at the highest point. Yeah. You never want to get caught in a backpedaling, sticking your arm up, trying to swat the ball. That play should have been a dead play. I think what happened was was he got caught in between, mm. misjudged the ball, and maybe this game it didn't show up as a – I mean, it did show up yeah. as a huge. It did show up as a huge play. It did show up as a huge play. Yeah. However, we didn't lose the game. Yeah. So a lot of times, what happens is when you don't lose the game, the severity of those kinds of plays. Yeah. Doesn't matter as much. If we would have lost that game. But it should to him. Oh no! It should. Well, it should to everybody. It should to everybody. Exactly. It should to everybody. It should, yeah. it should to the coaches because let's just say Isaiah wouldn't have intercepted that pass at the right. end of the game, and somehow we would have lost that game. Yeah. That. Uh, uh, play by Chase would have been amplified by yeah. ten. I mean, it would have been sure. it would have been a much bigger deal than it was. Yeah. So I think it's just as important when you win the game to analyze all the plays as if you had as if you would if you had lost the game. Yeah. What did you see in the final play? It was a great play. So the funny thing is, uh, and I haven't gotten to say this to Isaiah, but he did a great job of. Seeing the receiver, yeah, and being able to get on course with the receiver, meaning that Isaiah was uh, back when he was breaking and getting in line to hit the receiver. As a defensive player, you can kind of judge where the ball is and where the receiver is, and see if you have enough space to make a play on the ball. I am terrible at that. I was never. I've never been good at it. That's why I admired the play that he did so much because I thought he was just going to hit the receiver. Yeah. That's what I would have did. I would have just tried to hit the receiver. <laughs> and but interceptions are worth way more than big right. hits. Right. Uh, I mean, uh, way more. Yeah, Obviously, won us the game. Yeah. So I thought that was a great job, and it was it was great ball awareness on his part because he got on course to knock the receiver's head off. Then he realized, hey, I'm close enough where I can still make a play on this ball. That was a great play. I mean, that was a that was a big time play. And got the feed in. Yeah, I was in the sideline. I was in that corner, yeah. and in was, real time, I thought, oh well, he landed out of bounds. But great play. It was. And a great the replay, play. I'm like, okay, well, they actually just won the game. Yeah, that was a great play. Yeah. And it that, that was just that was a big time play, and you know, it's too bad it came down to that for <laughs> right. us. Because that's that's one play. If, if the quarterback would have put a little less air oh, on yeah. it and thrown it a little yeah. bit more on the rope, oh, yeah. that might have been a different game. You know, well, they're they're lining up for a cube one conversion. Exactly. So, 
we don't want to be in that situation as it is, but it is very encouraging to see Isaiah making plays like that. Yeah. That that is encouraging. Yeah, unfortunately I just see instances where there are there were a few individuals who made a an extraordinary play to give USC this win. Yeah. But collectively I feel like there was still a lot missing. Yeah. Right? It felt like these great individual efforts, uh, unfortunately, but but not so much as a whole. Outside of the offensive line, I thought they as a group were excellent in, in pass protection. Um, I got in run blocking. They were very, very good. Much better than we'd seen them in, throughout all of training camp. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I mean, I really felt like that could be, if not the weakest unit, then maybe behind the cornerbacks. And they didn't play like it at all. They, they were very good. Uh, so as a group, they probably were one of the better units yeah. on the team. But um, I, I guess I still have a lot of questions about the defense, about the offense. Well, I have questions about even with uh, Talanoa and with Isaiah, and I think they have a lot of potential. Yeah. I still have a ton of questions about our corners. Uh, but not to go on defense yet, I did like Steph, uh, Stephen Carr. Yeah. I thought he had great feet. He has like a he, – he, he runs hard, but he – he makes a great two-foot jump cut. He kind of drew a little levy on in his game. Yeah, he does. Right? He has a little Very but, patient runner. But he, he, yeah, he does. He, he's very patient. But he runs a, to me, he runs a little bit harder than, uh, than Le'Veon does. Okay. A little bit harder, just in terms of he has a good frame. Le'Veon's a little skinny. Yeah. He's kind of like, eh. Yeah. Uh, Steven seems like he'll get downhill. Yeah. And get some yards if he has Yeah, he's a body. And... It's hard. You can't really teach when and how. Is and I don't play running back, but right. I play against them. So yeah. that two foot cutback, okay, is something that you. I don't know. It's just something that comes natural to some people. Yeah, and he seems to have it. He made a couple of plays where he just was doing hard stick. Right, one leg. I mean, you get it right off the re- off the, the reception, you know, over in the corner. And it'd be a three yard play. No room to operate. It, it'd be a three yard play, but it would be a beautiful three yard play. Yeah, he's making a couple people miss. Right, and it'd be interesting to see with JT going down how that plays out the rest of the season. Right, because. Well, they're going to run more. I'm not saying run more than they throw, but they're going to run more than they were going to. They have to run more than they're going to. to, But we have, uh, like, Mike Pittman on the outside. How are we going to get him the ball? Yeah. We've got to find ways to get him the ball. Yeah, he wasn't as involved as you would have liked. No, he wasn't because he caught the ball in, like, the third or fourth quarter and I was like oh man what? Right. I haven't seen him all game yeah he he never they never really got him going with any kind of room to operate yeah. it was all like it was just like to the boundary and the play was pretty much dead there well, one of the things about him is he's a bigger receiver so yeah. it would be different than bringing a small quick like uh, slot receiver sure. inside and running a screenplay with him uh, Mike Pittman is like a true X a true X receiver yeah He's made to play against a corner that's jamming him. You know, he's big. Yeah, he's going to muscle him. He's that. That's what he is. And uh, it, it'll be – I almost feel bad for him because I – once JT went down, I didn't know how that would affect him this season. Mm, as, I didn't even thought about that. You know, because that's, right. that's a big Right, this is his contract year. year. This, is his, this is his big year. Yeah. And now all of a sudden he's worked hard. 
He's got himself in shape. Right. He's done all the work. Yeah. If he doesn't have a quarterback, he's right. Exactly. If he doesn't have a quarterback that can get him the football, yeah. None of. I mean, mm-hmm. it's not. It's it's a frustrating situation for yeah. him. Yeah. So I, if I could tell that. him anything, I would tell him that as much as he can do now to encourage and get on the same uh, page. Uh-huh. That's what he has to do. Yeah. Well, I I suspect that they're going to move him around more. I, I know that he does have a bigger frame and yeah. he's not speedy. Yeah. But that's what they were doing in practice, yeah. at least in training camp, yeah. where they were lining him up inside. And I think he can. he's versatile. You know, I, I get that he won't have maybe the same separation that you'll get from like an Amon Ra, but he's a yeah. big target. He has good hands. He's very smart. He's crafty, you know? Because yeah. even on the outside, he has to be that way. And I do feel like they could probably line him up in different spots and, and find ways to get him going. Uh, I, I think they're going to have to use their passing game as an extension of their running game. I mean, I think they were kind of doing that, yeah. but. Probably, I mean, with the running backs, but like okay. they'll, they'll probably need to do that even with the receivers, a lot of receiver screens. Yeah, well, so that was like the, when we were talking about our corners being able to tackle. Yeah. That's an easy way to throw a safe running play, basically. So the quarterback drops back and he smokes it out to the receiver, mm-hmm. he forcing the corner to tackle. If you get four or five yards on those plays, that's second and five you know, second and six or maybe second and four. Yeah. That's an offense coordinator's dream right there. And um, those plays will just help our offense kind of get into tune and get really get going. And, and it'll, it'll be very interesting to see. But the other part is uh, Tyler Vaughn's. Mm-hmm. Where did he come from? You know, I I knew he was a good player. I remember seeing him at practice, but I didn't realize that was how it was kind of going to play out in this game. So this has been happening for two years now between Pittman and Vaughn's and a couple years ago involved John Chaperonette and in last year it was Amon Ra and now it's still Amon Ra where from week to week you'll see them kind of like alternate the hot hand yeah and sometimes maybe two of them will have it but yeah. oftentimes one of them will have it at least yeah uh, I don't know that they've gotten all three except for the Notre Dame game last year I think they all had a lot of catches because they were throwing every down uh, but it didn't amount to a lot of points anyway Vaughn's an overqualified number three receiver because very <laughs> very he could be your number one very. but on this team he's number three yeah but I mean, when any given weekend, he'll be their number one, like he was last week. He's totally capable of doing that. Uh, he's got a different game than Pittman, even though he'll work he similar areas of the field. Well, he looks like he can play. He has size. Yeah. But he looks like he can play a Z receiver. Yeah, he's more like a Chris Carter. He yeah yeah. He I, know, I mean, I don't want to like overstate it, but yeah. he just kind of plays that way. Yeah, because there was some third down routes, especially from JT and. He just ran, not that Mike Pittman doesn't run good routes, but he does I, I, He does have a Chris Carter. He doesn't yeah, yeah. have that well, kind I, of... I told Pittman, I told him, like, look, Vaughn's looks like he's been playing receiver his entire life. Yeah. It's just so smooth. Yeah. Whereas you're like this football player that ended like up at brute, receiver. Yeah, like and, a yeah. linebacker that they put at receiver. Yeah, and he literally played that in high school. Yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> no, so that's that. Yeah, that is. He's funny. only been playing it for a few years, Pittman. Yeah. Or Vaughn's, I'm assuming, been playing it for a long time. Yeah, he does look very natural yeah. at it. So that was the other thing that was very encouraging. The frustrating part is, is you have to have a quarterback that can get them the ball. Yeah. Well, so you're skeptical. I can sense it. I'm very skeptical. Sure. And it's totally fair. And we have a lot to learn about, like I said, not only the offense, but of course, Keaton Slovis. The thing that I could tell you just from my observation of him, which does go back to the spring. About Slovis? Yeah. He has a live arm. And he wants to use it. Yeah. And we saw that where he completed the long throw to Vaughn and he got picked off. Yeah. And I think those two are kind of a microcosm of what to expect. Yeah. And I'm sure that they're going to try to rein that in. Yeah. Right, I mean, he'll have to make plays like that, but he's maybe be a little bit more careful, Definitely. a little bit smarter. Uh, so that's why I don't know totally what to expect yeah. because I do think he wants to attack, yeah. and 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 not so much. He does it differently than like Barkley did, where I remember with Barkley, and you can speak to this, Barkley. Barkley wanted to to make throws that he couldn't. And and he could make a lot of throws, but there were throws that he couldn't make, but because he had made them probably his whole life, yeah, he kept he, he kept yeah. trying to make them while yeah. he was here. Yeah. And and so that's where with Keaton, we haven't seen that in practice. Yeah. Now what will we, we see in the game? I don't know yet, right? He played half a game his whole career. But in practice, even though he had the the strength, I felt like he was kind of like a uh, almost a, a stronger, bigger version of JT. You know, yeah. they're, they're similar stylistically, but he throws maybe a little bit harder, a little bit more mobile. He's a little bit bigger or taller, yeah. if yeah. you will. Uh, and... Uh, and I think even a little bit more willing to go downfield than JT. But in practice, he did not get picked off a lot. He actually was pretty smart with the ball. Uh, the only thing that he was still having to work on, and it's going to definitely show up uh, moving forward, it showed up in the game, is the timing is not there. The timing's not there. Well, that was what was it's gonna be rough. impressive about JT. The timing and accuracy. And it's hard... It's just hard as a quarterback because we're talking about inches. That's why yeah. they, that's why quarterbacks yeah, are so celebrated. Uh-huh. That's why they make so much money in the NFL because mm-hmm. it's it's like golf. I mean, we're talking about pinpoint accuracy, something that is very hard to do. And if I was Slovis, I would be. If I was Slovis, if I was Mike Pittman, if I was uh, Tyler Bonds, I would be trying to do everything I can to just mesh together and gel all of our guys because it's hard because obviously and the ir- ironic part about it is is nobody could have foreshadowed that JT would get hurt right but coach Hilton named Keaton Slovis yeah number 2 for a reason yeah and we talked about it yeah we never would have expected that it would have came up right but it did come up and it's just crazy. That's just one of those things. I know. I know. We spoke about this. We spoke about how the team was going to react with adversity. Somebody was going to get hurt. Yeah. It, it. It always happens. Yeah. Something else is going to happen. God forbid. But yeah. Something else is going to happen. And now Keaton, 
he's out there. So all those reps that he took before as a number two, was he taking advantage of those reps? Was he paying attention? Was he not? Because he just thought he was – I don't think that's yeah, the case. Yeah, no. but, he was very good in practice. No, I, I, I think he was. I yeah, think he was. I, I understood why they made him number two. Just looking at the entire picture, I felt like in scrimmages, he did yeah. struggle. That goes back to spring and then again in training camp. Uh, but he's a better fit for the offense than Jack Sears ever was. Yeah. And so I understood why he was number two. Uh, I don't know if you want to get into the whole quarterback controversy because that's what a lot of people were talking about and thinking about. Yeah. But with Jack Sears, I never thought he was number four. I, I think that that was unwarranted and a mistake by the staff. And I think he compounded the mistake by quitting the team. Yeah. You know? uh, yeah. Uh, that is a hard situation. That's a tough <laughs> Like, I don't, I would say, and I would agree with you that, you know, quitting the team is... Before the year is... A terrible decision. Right. But to be, to look at it from his point of view, if he legitimately thought that he earned a different role yeah. and he didn't get it. Those are tough things to live with when you've, you know, not that you should ever quit, but right. it's just it's a tough situation. Well, it's different for quarterbacks, it right? And very I, I appreciate your empathy because if you're the fourth safety, you're going to play. Yeah. You know what I mean? Maybe you, you might not play a, a lot, teams. right? Like you're gonna, but you're gonna, you have things to do. Yeah, you're going to work your way in. In games. It's very you, hard at quarterback. If you're the fourth quarterback, you need three injuries. Yeah. Uh, more or less. You, know, you don't get to just play parts of the game and you're not promised anything. You're yeah. in all likelihood not going to play at all. Yeah. That, that's the, the likelihood is that as a fourth quarterback, you are not going to play. Yeah. Like, when was the last time USC played their fourth quarterback? I don't even I, I I don't think that's ever happened. I, I mean, I think that's going back to the nineties. I don't know. If, I, have we ever even gotten to our third quarterback? Well, last year. Oh yeah, last year. It, again, of, yeah. yeah, it was him, uh, and it, he only got to he got to play one game, and then even then uh, they put him back at three after he played a, a pretty good game. Yeah, he got put back at three, and then he went back to JK. Well, so which is all part of what like it, it all kind of is. A, it, I'll say this. It, I'll say it this. It impacted what happened last week. The thing is, and this is just a broad idea of just football and life in general. If you look at the NFL, uh, you have guys in the NFL that get practice squad on one team, cut from one team, mm -hmm. and some of these guys go to another team. They're in the Pro Bowl. <laughs> they go yeah. into the Hall of Fame. <laughs> so, I mean, you look at let's let's look at. Uh, I played with James Harrison when he went to Cincinnati for a year or two. Okay. In between, he left Pittsburgh, went to Cincinnati right. for about a year. Yeah. And then he went back. Then he went to New England after that. Yeah. James was saying he got cut by Pittsburgh, put on practice squad by Pittsburgh. I mean, they he was. Yeah. Nobody. He was undrafted, right? He was undrafted. I know he was cut yeah. and he was put on practice squad. And then several years later, he ended up being... Here we go. He began with Pittsburgh yeah. for a year, went to Baltimore. Oh, that's what it was. Practice Baltimore. squad Baltimore, and then went to the CFL or NFL Europe. Oh. NFL Europe, uh, after just being on the practice squad with the Ravens, yeah. and then back to Pittsburgh where he... 
I mean, he might be a Hall of Famer. <laughs> well, I, 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 let's say this. He he might not. I don't yeah. know if he'll go to the Hall of Fame. Right, but but he did he win. All pro. He, he did win Defensive Player of the Year. <laughs> right. He won Defensive Player of the yeah. Year in two thousand and six or something like that. Eight. Oh, eight. Good memory though. Yeah, eight because it was yeah the year they played uh, Arizona. Well, he won the Super Bowl, right? Exactly. Yeah, and he yeah and he so, made one of the most iconic plays in Super Bowl the, history. Yeah, exactly. So that just goes to my point that one thing about football yeah. is. One team might might not like obviously in Pittsburgh didn't like him at first. Yeah. So it's just one of those things where you have to continue fighting regardless of where you're at. You have to continue fighting and that's what I think you can take out. Just anybody can take out right. any situation. Yeah. But especially in football, especially here, you never really know what's gonna happen. And if you continue work like if you look at there are there are a ton of guys in the NFL who have been cut from one team and go to another team and are very successful. Right. So I would just you don't have that opportunity here, unfortunately. You don't, right. You don't. It, and I mean, I, I get you're talking about the, the end game. I am, and it's totally fair. And and I even agree in the sense that and I'm not going to judge Sears. I'm just not. I, I have not been in those shoes. Uh, Sears. Yeah. Oh yeah. I'm not. But to do it before the year, I think. You're kind of you're robbing yourself of an opportunity, and it might not have been the opportunity that you wanted. But because he's already going to be here, he has to be here to finish the degree. He's yeah. not leaving campus. He's you leaving the team. Well you might as well take the reps that you can get and work on your game because you're not getting a year of eligibility back by not playing. Yeah. That's what some people have asked me about, and I think they're confused about it. Yeah. Right now, he's a redshirt sophomore. Next year, wherever he goes, he'll be a redshirt junior, well, whether he remains on this team or not. A year of eligibility yeah. will be like he's already redshirted, so yeah. this is year three for him, and then he'll graduate and he'll be a grad transfer like yes. two years left. Yeah. But by playing this year, it wouldn't have changed the fact that you have two years remaining, whether he's on this team or not. Look at, I guess I would say, look at Matt Castle. Yeah, Matt Castle. Basically, didn't play here. He didn't play. He played behind uh, Palmer and then Liner. Carson and then Liner. Yeah. Had a very rough time, you know. Yeah, and I know that he contemplated quitting and doing baseball. Yeah, exactly. And once he made it out of that, yeah, he signed. I mean, he got to the NFL. He had one of the better he careers of the USC quarterbacks. Exactly, (laughs) especially yeah in the yeah. (laughs) And so you just you never know, and that's what that would have been what I would have told Sears. Yeah. You just have to continue doing the things that you can do and taking care of your game as a football player. I'm sure he was demoralized by being number four, being behind Fink again, who I think unquestionably he outplayed for really the last two years. Uh, But he's been behind him pretty consistently during yeah. that entire time. Yeah. And then you have another true freshman come in, and he jumps you. Because at the end of spring, they get a depth chart, and Sears is number two. Yeah. So for him to fall from two to four, I think is, is strange. Yeah. You know, and I think there yeah. might be some other things going on there. Yeah. But, uh, so I get the, like, the reaction, and I understand the decision, but I think, uh, at the end of the day, I, I don't think that I don't think it put him in the best position for for the present time. 
right? Yeah, and, and definitely. I don't know what's going to happen for him next year, but I think for right now, it it would have been good to just to be on this team, uh, and that's without knowing, without the benefit of knowing that that JT would get injured. But I think just him being on a team, working, kind of staying fresh. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I, I just feel like as an athlete, and you, you can tell you can tell me better than I can tell you, but as an athlete, to take that much time off. I, so I, that, to take that much time off, and I think for him, because he's still developing his game. Yeah, he's really played. Young, he's still developing. I don't think he's not they Le'Veon. understand. <laughs> no, no, I don't think they understand the importance of. Just reps and even practice reps. Cause he'll get them. He, he could have let the scout in. Hey, like, I, I, when I when I've been at practice, I've been trying to tell a lot of these young guys, just because you are, let's say you're not in with the first team, yeah, and you're standing back there watching, go through the same progressions and the same reads, right, while it's happening, in real speed, because those are mental reps. You can learn. I mean, th- these are these are all opportunities where you can learn something each play and the way I've been taught to do it was say you're a outside linebacker and if I'm a number two outside linebacker and the number ones are in in front of me I'm going to go line up behind whatever player is in front of me Yeah. and you maybe even get in a stance and do exactly what I need to do Obviously, I'm not going to do a full speed, but yeah, I'm going to yeah. take the steps at about 50, 50% or something like that yeah. and go through the same read, same progression, see where my eyes are, because those are all reps that you can take. And that would be something that I would have, I mean, I've told a couple guys when I've been out there, Yeah. but everybody who's not in should be doing that. Even the ones that come out yeah. while the twos are in, they can do the same thing. We did that in college. They do it even more in the NFL. Mm. You see guys, there are guys, uh, Charles Woodson. I played with Charles Woodson in Oakland. Right. He was in year 17 or 18. <laughs> the threes would be in, and he would be back 15 yards back there. Really? Doing the same technique, the same steps <laughs> with um, just right guys. He probably didn't even, didn't even know their names, right. but he was just, you know, yeah. every single play. Wow. And not just him. It was. It just everybody kind of does that yeah. because it's it's a job, and it's the same thing in college. These guys can get a lot of reps and experience, and you can overemphasize technique and drills like that. And to me, that is a that is an opportunity to really hone down on your skills. Yeah. And for somebody like Chase, when that play happens and the ball goes over his head, I don't know if he. Uh, you know, was not giving full effort at practice. I didn't. I saw him. I thought he practiced pretty hard. Yeah, yeah. I, I sure. do like him. Right. I think he is uh, very talented because DBs that can play safety, can yeah. play nickel, mm-hmm. can play man to man and outside. That that's like gold. That's especially mm-hmm. in today's offenses. Yeah. But it just goes to the point of really being a technician of. Your your craft. You can never get enough practice. You can never. And you think, I think these guys, it's human nature to naturally be like, man, I'm tired of doing this or that. Or why do we keep doing these? St-? It just, it just, it gets annoying to a certain extent. Yeah. However, it, it's almost just like muscle memory. So for me, I like, 
I work past. I still work. Like I, I get in the elevator and I act <laughs> like the like the wall of the elevator is a tight end trying to block me. And I put my right end, my right hand out and punch the elevator as if it's a tight end. And I have my left hand free just in case the running back bounces outside. Okay. And that's something that I've done for. Ten years. Right? I'm gonna kick scary when we walk hey, out. That's of here. what I'm saying. Like I, it's something that I've done for a long time. <laughs> uh, you see some defensive linemen walk around each other, and one of the guys will stick his hand out, and the other defensive lineman will slap it down or, or swim it right. over. And once you start doing those things, it just it just really becomes second nature. And I think that that is a a concept of that is a concept of just a, a an attitude. Yeah. Or a certain nature that a football team can possess. Yeah. And it just will become all they know. Right. Yeah. So, I don't doubt that he's going to be working. He's probably been working, probably studying things and working on the side. But I just think uh, he's still going to develop that muscle memory and just been able to to see things in real time with the scout team. Yeah, and it happens. That he just won't get now. That, 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 exactly. Um, and another another example is when we were talking about the corners. Uh, uh, number two, Elijah, Elijah, Griffin. Elijah, yeah. Elijah Griffin. Yeah, I like his game. Obviously, he wears number two, so I was watching because <laughs> he just changed it to that. Yeah, yeah, okay. he just yeah. But I like his game because one, he plays physical. Yeah. He's a little guy. He, he's a little guy. He reminds me of Kerry Harris, which okay. I don't know if our current players will know who will remember Kerry. Yeah. But Kerry was a very – he was fearless. Yeah. He wasn't the biggest. Right. But he was absolutely fearless. And that's what uh, Elijah reminded me of because he kind of threw his body in there. And I was questioning our corners because when I was watching them at practice, mm-hmm. they didn't look like they were being very physical right. taking on the receivers. Elijah was physical. He was giving the receivers the business. There were some things he could have done differently, and he missed a tackle and the uh, runner bounced the ball outside. Okay. But it was encouraging to see him you know, two-hand shocking the receiver, getting off. He just needed to, when he got off the block and came inside, he needed to get vertical and be able to force the runner back inside. He came inside the block, and then the running back planted and still bounced the ball outside of him because he went laterally instead of getting vertically up the field and then forcing the runner to have to cut back. But that was encouraging. There was other players in the secondary who could have played more physically. Yeah. Could have played a lot more physically and... Stanford, the teams we play going forward, right. the offense coordinators are going to look at our corners and say, who plays physical, who doesn't? Who can we try to expose? We can throw the wide receiver screens, force him to be physical, force him to try to get off blocks, force him to tackle. It's going to happen. Did you notice how far off they were playing? I saw them I saw them moving a little bit. Sometimes they looked like they were far back. Yeah. I think that is a I think it depends on what the splits are okay. because if you have if they if there's the offense lines up lines up with two receivers and they're stacked and one of them is a lot deeper I would get up there and press it because that's normally when they run those kind of wide receiver screen right. if it's just a single receiver 
go ahead and play it however you want to play it. Yeah. But that's something that Coach Burns, I'm sure, will analyze and see. But I'm even though I like to talk about receivers or uh, defensive backs always being on top, I'm all for those guys being aggressive and getting up there, especially to because quarterback's coming out and he's looking, he's seeing where the corner is in relation to mm-hmm. where the receivers are lining up, so he can see, am I going to smoke the ball out there or not? If you show, and this is kind of where it goes to the experience of the secondary, because guys that have experience, they're going to feel way more comfortable showing deep and then walking up or starting a yard or two off the receiver and then taking a couple yeah. steps back. Guys that don't have experience, they're getting out there and they're lined up immediately because they don't want to make a mistake. Yeah. And they're not moving. Yeah. Quarterback will go through his whole cadence. Right, right. And they're not moving because they just, you know, yeah. that, that's part of something that comes with experience. And some of it can be coaching. Uh, and I'm sure Coach uh, Burns will introduce that to them. But hopefully that's something that we'll get better at because yeah. quarterbacks – the first main read is they see what the D-line is. Uh, if it's like an over or under front, they see where the safeties are, and they see if the corners are pressed or not. Mm-hmm. So when you can kind of hide, and especially the secondary can move around, it puts a lot of pressure on quarterbacks, which for our offense is something that uh, Clovis needs to service. <laughs> yeah, Clovis, yeah Clovis. people can be good yeah, high school. Because, yeah. Um, Something that he needs to learn because if I was the defense coordinator playing against us, right. I would move our secondary around. I would move our linebackers around. Mm. I would do try to create. They're going as to much Stanford. I'm sure will. So that's just one of those things that we need to be great on defense at doing it. Yeah, and it, some of that does come with experience, and our quarterback needs to be great at it because they're going to come after him because he's a basically a rookie quarterback. Yeah, so. So, finally, with this game, we can put it to bed in a moment. What are some last takeaways that you have? Maybe something that you really like or just something that you really are going to keep an eye on for the next week? So, I would say at the top level that this team, if we take – if we're not discussing JT at all Uh and just the overall impact that JT has, I would say that the team, generally speaking, had a ton of – great plays and a ton of plays that showed great potential, which is very encouraging. The problem is, is that we need to be consistent. If we could play consistently, mm-hmm. we could win eight, nine, ten games this season. Yeah. If we could play consistently. That is a battle that throughout college football teams struggle with being able to play consistently. We'll play great one game and then you know lose to a team that we have no business losing to. Right. So that's the battle. That's the fight, the race to try to do the things. To, we only had, I think we had, we didn't have a, we didn't have a whole lot of penalties. No, there's only four, four actually. Four penalties. Yeah, how'd you know that? I looked, I looked, uh, <laughs> I read it on something. Okay. We had four penalties. Right. But and when was the only play? But the penalties were big penalties. Right. I mean, they affected us significantly. Yeah. yeah. I would rather have had. So sometimes what happens is when you lose a game, when you win a game, you don't really look at the penalties because you won. Yeah. If we would have lost, 
it would have been a lot bigger deal. Sure. Oh yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um, I would I would rather us treat the game like we lost because I guarantee you if we would have lost this game, our guys would have felt like the backs were against the wall and they would have came out humbled and doing everything they can this week mm-hmm. to get ready for Stanford because our guys don't want to get embarrassed, right? You would hope that this game wouldn't have been too much of a confidence boost. No, it shouldn't it be. Should and been. that's what that is one of the things. It should be that frustrating. Is, that is one of the things that's been frustrating for me yeah. over the last couple of years is I feel like USC is the like we were, you yeah. and I were walking down uh, in front of the football facility and we, we were looking at the national championships and right. Heisman Trophy and we were just kind of I feel like USC is the number one football school in the country. Yeah. I know I do not feel like USC is the type of school where, and not that the fans did this, but they've done it in the past. Mm-hmm. We beat a team and our fans stormed the field. We shouldn't have to storm the field for anybody right. because we're USC. Right. I don't care if we're five and seven last year. We have to have a st- standard. We yeah, beat we expect Fresno. to win. Exactly. We beat Fresno State. Okay, that's <laughs> one game. Yeah. Move on to the next. I want to be the big schools. Yeah. I want to. Everybody. Exactly. So. Yeah. I mean, everybody on the schedule, while there are some teams I think are better than USC right now. Definitely. Everybody's beatable. Exactly. There's no unbeatable team on the schedule. You know, if if we were playing like how we played uh, Alabama. And they're playing next September. Uh, yeah, I don't know why, yeah, but yeah. they are. But that would be a – well, that – first of all, <laughs> side note, that game was very frustrating for me because oh. uh, when I was in Cincinnati, we yeah. had several guys from Alabama. Yeah. And, you know, there's always talk about the Pac, Pac-12. I know yeah. it's the Pac-12. I always say Pac-10s too. Yeah, fine. There's so much talk about the Pac-12 being – uh, I hate to say it, but a mediocre conference, especially yeah. compared to the SEC. Right. And that was one chance to show. That's why I was really upset about the Oregon-Auburn game this yeah, last weekend. But I know. Anyway. And you're and you living in Big Ten country at the time. Exactly. So it's just you and Ray. It's just, right? yeah, just me and Ray like <laughs> fighting against all the Ohio State people. And, but, and you guys uh, beat them up. Yeah, we did beat them. We beat them twice. Too, we beat them so, twice. Yeah. yeah. Well, so, Ray got one. Yeah. I think he had a pick six. Oh, yeah. He had a right? pick six. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> And so, you know, the, when you have chances to show what you're about, yeah, well, you got to take them. <laughs> and so it just goes to there's a concept, and we talked about it. You want to treat every every game the same. Yeah. You want to treat every practice. You want to create the same atmosphere because then you're not raising your level of play or lowering your, lowering your level of play for an Alabama or a Fresno State. You're not. It's always the same. Yeah. However. We need to realize that we just this was Fresno State. Right. It wasn't that you, big well, you have to play better if you're going to beat exactly. almost anybody else that you're going to exactly. play. Exactly. I think if they played that same game, if USC played the same way versus even BYU exactly. at BYU, that's probably a, be a loss. It will be another tight game be that could game. end up being a loss. Be a tough and game. everybody else beyond that, you have to play better than this. Yeah. And so I know I said earlier that with if you take JT out of the equation, well now let's talk about we don't have JT. Yeah. If we had to be stingy before, yeah. if our defense had to be stingy before, right. it it's tenfold now. We have to be efficient on uh, defense. Mm. We have to be stingy on defense. We have to be stingy. We, we have to – our special teams, 
That might be the difference between that, winning it, and losing again. That might have been a difference this past weekend. Exactly. I mean, Vela's kick return was major for that quarterback. Exactly. So when you get into tight games, like we're going to be in a – I guarantee you we are in a lot of close games this entire season. Yeah. We you can feel it. have to be – we have to be efficient on offense, defense, and special teams. Yeah. And I promise you. If we lose, it'll be we'll, we will have shot ourselves in the foot. Right, it'll, it'll have been like a not, winnable game. Yeah, we in, will in not all likelihood. lose because we got just beat because the team was better than us. Yeah, well, I mean, even last year, I felt like only, that only happened with Utah mm-hmm. and and Texas. Yeah, and Texas kind of changed when when Porter Gustin went out. Uh, it was a very different game with him. But those were the two where I thought it was pretty evident that those teams beat you. Yeah. But but even then, that's only two out of twelve. Yeah. The other ten, they were in it. They were leading. Yeah. You know, I mean. If football is a game, yeah. You sometimes it it comes to as simple as a ball being fumbled and just the way the ball rolls around on the ground can yeah. determine if the offense or the defense falls on it, and right. that can decide a game. So you never know what it's going to come down to. We have to be stingy, especially on defense. Right. And yeah, you're going to have, like, I, I think, we, if, I don't know if you're alluding to this, but you're going to have some unlucky plays where mm-hmm. the ball will be funny. Yeah, exactly. So that's why you need to build a cushion, you even. Have, you have to do. Like, on Saturday night, I felt like they did not put Fresno State away. No. Where, like, I we get. You could have stepped on their throat. Right. You could have been up by 25. Yep. And then maybe you give up a, a late touchdown, and yeah. then it doesn't matter because yeah. you you've earned it and you've you given it. yourself that you that it. margin for error. They really didn't. I mean, they needed the interception from Polamau. That wasn't just a cool play. That literally was needed to that was steal. I know it was a game saving play. Exciting, right? I mean, exactly. if he doesn't catch it, it's a touchdown. Yeah, and they're lining up for two with yeah. a chance to tie. Yeah. <laughs> And that just shows you don't want to be in that spot. how close it could be. That, that was totally avoidable, I feel like. Totally avoidable. And we're saying this now. Today is September 3rd. 3rd yeah. Saying this now on September 3rd. It didn't bite us last Saturday. Right. But I guarantee you. It might on the 7th. It will on the 7th. <laughs> There's going to be, it's in these first six weeks, yeah. it's going to show up again and again and again. Yeah. And if we don't do those things. That we have control of, yeah, we'll lose. Final question for you, Drake Jackson. What'd you think? You tell me what you thought, and then I'll tell you what I thought. Well, okay, I uh, I've been high on Drake since I got acquainted with him. He yeah. was a pretty big recruit for them as a defensive end, outside linebacker, yeah. and then throughout spring, really impressive yeah. in the scrimmages. Which you don't get a lot of from a true freshman yeah. in their first spring practice. And so already the comparisons were being made by the staff, yeah. uh, by Pendergast himself yeah. to Leonard Williams. Yeah. yeah. Right? And I thought, wow, that's pretty he lofty. He looks like he has a little bit more versatility yeah. than Leonard Yeah, he's not as he big. Play, but he can move inside and outside. Right, yeah. Leonard could play D end in like a 3 4. Exactly. But Drake plays in a four three. Yeah. Right. Which, which is yeah. Yeah. Well see here's the thing about He can play the seven technique and Drake is so young. Yeah. That if you look at the majority of guys between their he'll probably be here for three years. 
I mean, I, I know. Yeah, I, I know. I'm saying. I know. No, he, yeah. He'll probably. There's a story that Pendergast approached his father. I think week one of spring. Yeah. And told him, "Your kid's only going to be here for three years." Yeah. He, he, I mean, I, <laughs> he I, know, told I, I realize him. I'm saying that, but yeah. uh, he, even in you know freshman, he hasn't had a true college off season yet. Right, no. Which is a huge, because I don't know what his background is coming in out of high school, but most high school football players don't really lift weights. They don't have like a serious strength and conditioning program. Yeah. And double A for us in our um, uh, weight room, yeah. he's a great strength and conditioning coach. Yeah. And- so he's going to have a entire off season. Right. He, I- when Drake got here, double A wasn't even here yet. No. He was working with Ivan for a little bit, and then Jungle got the job. So but, yeah. he's going to be... It's still very new. He's going to have... That's going to be a huge deal for him. And I can't I can't convey to you... Excuse me. How much... How much... How big deal... How much of a big deal it is going from your freshman year to your sophomore year. Because... You imagine coming out of high school, playing at the high school level, and then playing at a USC, and then after that, it's he'll be so much better next year than he is now. Right now, he's just playing off talent, yeah, which is crazy. <laughs> right. He has potential. Well, let's say it like this: he has the potential to be a dominant football player. Yeah, he could be special. And I don't Very just say that no, about that, everybody. No, I, no, I, no, no. I try to like, almost never no, say it. It never has never said it. He has the potential he can be to be a very, very special player. And yeah. that those kind of players, I mean, they're like the players that we talk about every well at USC we talk about them, let's say every couple of years. But yeah. it's definitely not everybody on the defense. Like, yeah. Well, so here's where I'm at, okay? Uh just because I've been able to watch this program a long time, so I can, I feel like I can make certain comparisons, yeah. and I, I know maybe what they were doing, what they meant to that defense. And with Drake, while different than Leonard, and Leonard was amazing here, yeah. so his impact's going to be different. Like you said, it's going to be a little bit more on the edge, right? Probably more of a pass rusher than Leonard. But he can move inside. On, right, he could be. On, he could yeah. still play inside. Yeah. Tell me and he's two eighty. <laughs> Yeah, and, and after an offseason, <laughs> he'll be able to bump inside sure. on certain pass rushing downs. Yeah, but he can also stand up. Match. Exactly. <laughs> Where exactly. Leonard wasn't going to do that, right? Okay. What I think or what I, what I see possibly happening with Drake because of where he, where they're, they're lining him up, I think he can transform the defense. Yeah. Because I think a, an elite defensive end, is probably the most impactful individual on a defense. Yeah, I would agree with that. Right. It has the it can it can it's hard in football to dominate a game. Yeah. It's pretty hard in football. Right. But you might be able to dominate your area. But like to dominate a defensive end can do it. Yeah. And we saw it like uh, that's the reason why Lawrence Taylor changed football. Right. Because he could he started dominating the game. Yeah. And I think Drake has, he still has a ton to prove. Yeah, sure. But he has the potential, physically, yeah, to t- 
take over a football game. Right. Yeah, I mean, his versatility allows him, I think, to, to set the edge, to get to the quarterback, yeah. to even drop back in coverage. In yeah. fact, there was a play in spring. Yeah, no. I have to pull it up for you in the video. He had a play where he baited Jack Sears into throwing a little, like a, a little curl. To, oh, underneath. Yeah, and and he put his, he put his left hand up and like a big bear claw, just, and he just snatched it out of the air yeah. one hand and ran it back. Yeah. Right. He, I mean, he. He he could have rushed Jack. He had a free lane to the quarterback, yeah. but he read he read it wasn't a screen, but he just read what, what the play was and he stepped back and kind yeah. of just waited there. And I mean Jack should have seen him, but never probably never expected that Drake would even make this play be the, that he to would reach athletically out. Athletically be able to yeah. because yeah. you don't normally think with D linemen that right. they're coordinated enough yeah. to you know, they're kind of like yeah. cavemen. They can't yeah. catch the ball. Yeah. yeah. And he, he pulled it out of the air and ran it back. And so he could do all these things. Definitely. And, and, and even more so in college than in the NFL, I feel like a, uh, you know, a disruptive pass rusher can really set a tone for a defense. And this defense really needs that. We need, we need. I mean, the secondary need that. is desperate for that kind we of need that. individual that, up front. That helps. That completely Change when the quarterback is back there running around, or he knows he has to get the ball out quick. Yeah, that really helps secondary because it is hard as hell to cover receivers downfield. And when you don't get pressure on the quarterback, I don't care how good the secondary is, you're gonna lose because you can only cover for so long. I would hope that with Drake, that the rest of the D line, even though he is a freshman. Mm that everybody else understands the opportunity that is here and works on their game as well yeah. because they're going to double team him and now that's going to right. do is or use a back or a tight end to chip block them all that's going to do is free up somebody else yeah so it really can helps the defense so tell me this because it, the way your your defense operated in a way and then you guys were actually really dominant and Throughout the time that you were here, yeah. 08, 07, 06. Yeah. But I felt like while you had Cedric, you know, up the middle, yeah. it you guys were just more complete, like each level. Definitely. And your secondary became really dominant. And yeah. I thought I, for a good part of it was probably the best unit. Uh, so I actually feel like Drake, he could prove to be better than any of the defensive ends that you played with. And, and, and I know I Lawrence Jackson is really, really no, good. I would agree. I can see him. I think he's a tier above. I think I, I would I would say that even better than Nick. Ev- right? You played with Nick for a little bit, Nick Perry. Oh yeah, better than yeah. I, yeah. I would say that uh, even Everson. Yeah, Everson, of course. Say, not that I mean Everson's had a remarkable. He's had a, a better career. NFL career though exactly. than he did here. Yeah. Um, but I would say that especially right now in college that he could be. Just as good, it better. I mean, yeah. more dominant. Um, we'll just have to wait and see. But it, I definitely would. You agree. see it though. I definitely, oh yeah, I definitely would agree that he is. He, it, it's going to be very interesting to see. And I would be surprised if he ends up staying here for four years. <laughs> yeah, it would require an injury. What's the next step for him? Right. What what is a young defensive end? Because I feel like with defensive linemen, I guess the number one thing is usually the motor. Yeah. Right. 
that, that's the thing that kind of can can come and go sometimes. Yeah. Well, so I would say that with him and him being 18 years old, yeah. here's the thing about freshmen that come in. They're impressionable. They're young. I don't want to say they're dumb, but they're dumb. Like, they're just young kids. They're, we, we forget yeah. that they're kids, you know? They're, Literally, I mean, young he, he turned 18 during spring practice. They're kids. I think the day before the, the, spring, the last spring practice. They're kids. And <laughs> so the one thing that we'll, that the coaches want to make sure of with him is that he's doing the right things. A lot of times what happens is guys come, you know, they're freshmen, they – they're in Los Angeles. They're first time away from home. They make mistakes. They they want to be cool. They want to kind of just experience college. And do. he needs to focus because he can put himself in a position where he is set for life in a sense. Yeah. Based off of what he does on the football field. Right. And. A lot of people don't have that opportunity. He has that opportunity. Yeah. I would encourage him just to do, even though he's 18, I know he knows right from wrong. He needs to follow the people on the team and that lead by example that he knows they're doing the right thing and just keep his head down and not get distracted by stuff around it. Because that's one of the things, even from my time at USC and just football in general, there are so many great players talented players who never made it because they got in trouble with school, they got in trouble off the field, just something happened that tripped them up. We see it all the time. Great players, great athletes who something happened and they never got to their full potential, right? So I would say with him, as long as he keeps his head down and continues to you know, watch film on guys who are great players or, or learn from people who have already been through the experience, what they did. And what I always did was I always tried to like take little pieces from other players or other people who had been through what I was going through or, yeah. you know, and just kind of add it to my game or just my lifestyle. Yeah. And that would be what I would encourage him to do because as long as he keeps his head on straight and he doesn't get caught up in anything, in any BS, he's going to be all right. Yeah. He's going to be all right. Yeah. Oh, well, well, you have to advise him to not leave the team hotel, you know. The, yeah, the week, don't leave the, the team week before hotel the opener. To, it, uh, don't leave the team <laughs> hotel to go to the row. But if he does, make sure that he's already, you know, that he's... Do it in year four or year three. No, do it in year yeah. Do it right. in year we'll three. Have four. But you know, just make sure that uh, you're not replaceable. You know, <laughs> you're not, make sure that you're not replaceable. What, that, that was was, uh, was Pinker not healthy when you did this? Pinker, uh, no, Pink was, but he played a uh, corner. Oh, he moved. Okay, he played corner. Yeah, yeah. remember he kept getting injured. Yeah, he got he got injured. I fun. always believed in him. I always yeah. felt like it could have been different great for athlete. him. He he was a really he was good a Tremendous athlete, and he he uh, it's this it's so hard to be able to play DB, play safety, and then be able to play man to man on a wide receiver. Yeah, it is extremely hard. I don't know if people realize just how hard it is, but yeah. you it's. You know, we're talking about an inch or two, and that's the difference between winning and losing. So, right. Josh was always, uh, you know, one of our best athletes. Yeah. Easily. Yeah, for sure. So, do you have a 
Taylor's Tales? Oh, Taylor's Tales today. Um, Come on. A, t- a, a story for today? <laughs> um, I don't know. I didn't think of a story. Yeah, yeah. Take, take, I me, take, take me back to the time when you were here. I'm trying to take you back to a time when I was here. Give me a, a Cushing story. I don't... You know, Cush, but I don't really have a Cushing story. I know that Cush still owes me a couple months rent because when he went to the NFL draft. Okay, here we go. Yeah, I don't know if there's a story, but <laughs> when we went to the uh, NFL draft, or when he went to the NFL draft, yeah. we still lived together for a couple months because our right. our uh, uh, your lease, lease contract. Yeah, yeah was sure. You got, were like you guys in downtown? Yeah, we were downtown. Okay. But he never paid me. Wasn't he the defensive rookie of the year? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was like the 15th pick. He right. Baby. But it just is funny because it just goes to cushion our relationship. And okay. He just is a funny guy. And then, um, <laughs> but that was a very, I was, I think I was telling you before that when, uh, when Brian and I lived together, we, you know, like if you go to a frat house, they right. have tons of bottles of alcohol. Well, say you don't t- like. I've been to other players' apartments, and you know, you're gonna see what you're telling me. Oh, the right. uh, empty protein things. We, no, 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 oh, no, oh, no. I I'm saying, yeah, like what you're oh, about, alcohol, about. Yeah, yeah. yeah you, I so mean, we would have, and, and more than that, we would have uh, empty uh, protein powder bottles right. just stacked up on top of each other. <laughs> And that was like our alcohol. We would just stack them up there because right. we just thought it, protein thought it was protein. funny. Yeah. If there would have been Instagram back then, we probably would have Instagram photoed it just right. to make fun of people that, you know, take uh, Instagram photos of dumb stuff. But yeah. Um, yeah, you don't drink, right? No, I don't drink. No, yeah. I don't. I don't. I never really liked alcohol. Mm-hmm. And the other thing is, is um, I always thought that I was gonna pull a hamstring or something. I don't know. It With just, drinking? Yeah, because it like dehydrates you. Okay. So look at you. That was that, but uh, <laughs> you know, it just it it was. I think Brian and I. That was one of the. It was a great relationship, friendship. What still is? Yeah. Because he was so serious, and he taught me a lot of things about. You know, he's like a New Jersey meathead, so <laughs> just like a lot of things about. Just eating healthy. And, right. Uh, I'll give you a story. We used to have this. Uh, we, <laughs> I knew you had one. We used to have this, uh, get this thing called Sunfair. Okay. And it was like pre-made meals and they would deliver them uh, daily in like a cooler bag. Okay. And it was just because, you know, like healthy food to yeah. eat healthy and whatever. And this is while you were here? This is while we were here, okay. yeah. And, uh, and... It wasn't a violation. My parents paid for mine. My yeah. da- his parents paid for his. Right. It wasn't a violation. Where were his parents with the rent check? <laughs> oh, I don't, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> Where was he with the rent check? Because this is after he got out of... Right, right, yeah. you're right. He had, he had money. Like yeah, that. he owes me a vacation. Or he, he owes my, somebody a vacation. But um, anyway... Uh, Your parents? Yeah, my parents had a vacation. Um, we, so we would have these Sunfair bags. Yeah. And they're about 30 bucks a bag. Okay. And... We would forget to leave them out, mm-hmm. so we would put them in our closet. So we had about forty bags worth of, and one day they wouldn't deliver them to us anymore. So we went and opened the thing, and there was like 
I don't know how we didn't smell it before, but we finally opened the closet door, and it was like $800 worth of some fair bag. But a lot of the food was in them still, and it had just, yeah, it was bad. It was bad, but I would say thir- out of 40 bags, I would say 35 of them were his, and only five were mine. Okay. But the total. Congrats. Of, yeah. Yeah, the total of it was. Uh, it just was funny. I don't know. I guess we just didn't. Yeah. We just thought like that they would just continue delivering them to us. I don't know. I think we right. were embarrassed to put them back outside because we didn't want to like stack. What do we do? Stack up forty coolers outside and then the person. Has <laughs> right, to right. Do it. But hey, it just was funny because it goes to. Uh, we didn't do a whole lot in college. We just worked out. You guys seem like you probably were very similar in nature. Yeah. Like, different personality, but kind of, like, very business mindset. There was one time where we went to a, uh, we went to, we wanted to go to Dwayne Jarrett's draft party. Okay. And it was in Hollywood. I bet that was fun. And Dwayne's from New Jersey. Well, so. Yeah. So I went and bought a new outfit. Yeah. We went out there, and I remember we were at the front. And we couldn't we couldn't get in. What? And there were like a bunch of girls that we knew that weren't able to get in. Yeah. And uh, we went out there. We couldn't get in. Kush got pulled over. He got a ticket. Like, you know, he just was. We, we couldn't get in. So we just went out there. Dwayne didn't even show up to his own party. No. Yeah. Well, that that. And uh, telling. Yeah. And uh, he didn't show up to a lot yeah, of things. Yeah, we were just standing outside, and then that was. Uh, that was the season after my freshman year. Right, okay. That would have been like, uh, like uh, it was like April of 07. Yeah. So after that, me and Kush were just like, you know, man, forget all these people. So we just went back <laughs> and just started lifting weights. And right. Just eating raw meat and we're just going to rip everybody's heads off. No more parties in L.A. No more parties. Yeah, like, <laughs> no more parties in L.A. So that kind of just put us on a mission to just... Go after everybody. So we did. Dude didn't show up? He didn't even show up to his own draft party. Wow. The worst part was there were a lot of... Uh, I don't know if he showed up in Carolina. Yeah. I, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. But, yeah, it, it was uh, it was just funny. It just... Yeah. They cut Keyshawn for him. Yeah. 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 The NFL is a tough... The NFL is a tough business. You know, it's a tough... It is what it is. You see, I've seen great players get released. Yeah. You see guys come in and move their family there, and then kids are in school, they get released, get traded. Yeah. So it just, it's just tough. It just is one of those things that is what it is. Right. It's, you know, the greatest sport in the world. It's a great, NFL is a great uh, organization, but it's just tough because Bottom a lot line. of things happen. You know? Yeah. You know, a lot of things happen that in, I think, outside in the, in, not in the real world, mm-hmm. or just outside of the NFL, people would think like, man, this, you know, I don't, it's not okay to be treated like this, but it's just so normal in, in the NFL. Right. Because that's just what it is. Yeah. And you have to have a situation like that. Yeah. No, I mean, yeah, there's a lot of money involved. So exactly. it's ruthless, it's unforgiving. A lot of money, and coaches want to win. Well, I, they have to win. Well, it's hard. Like, you have, yeah, well, yeah, they have to win. I mean, unless you're Marvin Lewis. <laughs> well, yeah. But Marvin, you know, Marvin was, Marvin is a great coach. He's a great person. He's I like a Marvin. He's a great coach. 
it just is hard because they give him a long leash. Though. They did give him a long leash. Um, and then what's a better example? Um, Q Jackson okay. was he coached our DBs for a little bit right. in uh, Cincinnati. Then he went to Cleveland. He's a great football coach. He's a great he's a great person. He's cool. I know he works hard. Cleveland was terrible. And I know it's not because he was a bad coach. Well, I mean, yeah, he just, walked into a terrible place. I mean, it, it it's just, been that way. It's, it's, it's how do you – it is a tough business because you get there, you have a short amount of time to change it around. Yeah. You don't – you're right out the door again. And that's what's frustrating about the NFL is seeing a lot of coaches that uh, I've been around just completely struggle. Right. They go to another team and they just, yeah. they just struggles. I'm like, man, I know this is a good coach, mm-hmm. but the team just struggles. So it, it's it's tough, but it is what it is, and guys know what it is going into it. So that's yeah. that's what I think. It that's we'll yeah. see what happens moving forward. Well, thank you, Taylor. Thank you. Yeah, I'm interested. We'll see. This game will be. A great test of this USC football team. Yeah, we're going to learn a lot more about them in this game than we Definitely. did last week. Definitely. I mean, assuming that, you know, there's not another major injury to the quarterback, yeah. uh, I feel like it, it, it's a better litmus for Definitely. where they're at. Definitely. So we'll, it'll, we'll be able to see where they're at, see if they can be consistent. Yeah. They only had four penalties. However, the four penalties could end up being huge penalties in this game. Yeah, right. You know, guys guys get lined up and take care of their responsibility first and play hard. Everything will take care of itself. Yeah. Okay, that was Taylor Mays, and I am Adam Maya, and this is another edition of Troy Stories. And you can check out all of my daily coverage on USC football at mavensports.io slash USC. It's my new home. I've joined forces with Sports Illustrated. So come check out my site. There's no paywall. You can read everything I'm doing. And uh, I'm going to be bringing it to you, like I mentioned, every day throughout the season and beyond. Take care.